0: for privacy reasons i'll call myself jane this all started back in middle school i was 13 years old i'm a girl whose taste in clothing was gothic i was friendly to others but only had a few real friends one girl always seemed interested in me for privacy i'll call her cindy she was my age and was the total opposite of me bleach blonde hair blue eyes very perky and peppy cheerleader type who was almost too friendly to me She was the only child of rich parents and was very privileged. She was spoiled and used to getting what she wanted. Anyway, she had annoyed me for a while now, appearing from around corners with an excited Hi! How are you? Every time she did that, I honestly wanted to punch her. But I only replied with a flat, I'm good thanks. She would always try to initiate conversations with me in an overly excited way. It really turned me off, it didn't feel authentic. After days of this, I finally asked her what her deal was. She looked at me shyly for a moment before answering. Her response made my jaw drop. Jane, I discovered last year that I like girls more than boys. I also discovered that I like you. I mean, I really like you. I want you as my girlfriend. Please, you'll like it. But if you agree, you can't have any boyfriends or girlfriends. No friends either. I won't share you with anyone else. What do you say? Wanna belong to me, baby? I felt disgusted and angry at this, but I let out a sigh and explained calmly. I'm sorry, Cindy, I don't feel that way at all. I only like boys, and I want to keep my friends. Please understand, I'm not interested, and I never will be. I'm sorry, you can't have me. For a second, she looked surprised and hurt. Then her expression changed. I could feel the hatred radiating off of her body. She looked furious enough to want to kill me. She got in my face, her voice low and menacing. You don't want to be mine? You selfish bitch. I always get what I want. You'll regret this. I'll make you mine. I'll never share you with anyone. If I can't have you, I'll make your life a living hell. You'll be sorry. She stomped her foot on the ground and rushed away. I shook my head in disbelief and walked away. To my shock, Cindy didn't show up to school the rest of the year. I discovered the reason later. Shortly after I turned Cindy down, her parents went through a nasty divorce. Her father committed suicide because it was revealed he'd been having an affair with their housekeeper. The mother had managed to gain his fortune, but ran through it very quickly. Within months, they were impoverished. They sold their mansion in fancy cars. They were now staying in a run-down apartment. I actually felt sorry for her. I didn't see her again until I was about 16. By then, I had a group of friends with my style and interests. There were eight guys and six girls in my group. We were a pretty tight-knit group. One of the girls in my group, Bella, rushed into our hangout area, looking nervous. Jane, I just saw Cindy enter the school. You gotta see this. My heart dropped. I followed Bella and stopped in my tracks at what I saw. There stood Cindy, and she looked very different. Her blonde hair was now dyed black and shorter. Her clothing was all black. Black jeans and black shirt. Long black overcoat. Black leather boots. She also wore sunglasses. And for makeup, she had coloured her face pale and wore black lipstick. Which I thought was gross. I felt my stomach drop as she stared at me with this crazed look on her face. She walked closer and stood directly in front of me, smiling almost ear to ear. Jane, I'm so glad to see you! How are you? Her voice was creepy, giving Bella and I chills. Cindy looked at Bella and frowned. Who's this? A friend of yours, Jane? What about me? Us! Don't I matter? Bella ushered me away, calling out to Cindy. Stay away, you freak! She stood staring at us as we walked away. In time, I learned Cindy had a group of her own. Numbering 13, with 9 girls and 4 boys. I knew all were school delinquents, ones who loved making trouble. The main girl otherwise was Cindy's girlfriend, who I'll call Anna. One day, Cindy again asked me to join her, and I refused. At lunch, Anna attacked me outside the cafeteria. In the middle of the fight, she clumped my right wrist between her teeth. I couldn't make her let go, until I used my other hand to pinch her nose shut, forcing her to let go. Anna was suspended for three weeks, and I was left with a nasty bite mark. The day after the attack, I confronted Cindy. She smugly admitted to ordering Anna to destroy me. I screamed at her to leave me alone. She whispered to me, You break my heart, baby. If you don't join me, I'll make sure you will have no other choices but me. I will have you. And if not, well, I warned you. I felt a sense of dread overwhelm me. Horrible thoughts began to flood my brain. Would Cindy ever stop? Would she ever try to kill me? After school got out, I went to the principal's office and told her everything. She told me not to worry. And girls of this age are just immature. Over the weekend, I tried not to think about Cindy. It was impossible not to. Monday came and I got ready and left for school. During my first period class, the intercom sounded. Jane, report to the principal's office immediately. My class looked at me awkwardly and I got up and left. In the office, I noticed the principal and two police officers. What I was told next made me almost faint. One of the officers told me that Cindy's group of friends had gone after mine on Sunday. All but five of my group members were hospitalized with various injuries. These five were in school and had minimal injuries. Anna had attacked her youngest guy, Caleb, 15, with a baseball bat. He was permanently brain damaged from multiple strikes to the head. All but three of Cindy's group were behind bars. Anna was charged for attempted murder. Cindy had not been charged because she had not been present in the attack. Two of her group members were never seen again. I tried to explain to the principal and officers that Cindy was behind all of this. They told me that without sufficient proof or evidence, they wouldn't be able to detain her. As of now, none of her friends ratted on her. After the morbid conversation, I was permitted to leave. I went to lunch and met up with my remaining group. I saw Cindy on a bench, obviously waiting for me. She got up and approached me, smiling. (laughs) See, baby, you should have agreed to be mine. Eight innocents are in the hospital because of you. My group is mostly behind bars. Take a hint. I want you, and I'm having you. How many more do I gotta destroy, baby? Do I gotta tie of only two? I wanted to rip her head off, but calmly I replied. Sorry, I don't like psycho bitches. Do me a favor, huh? Go to hell and drop dead. I turned around and started to walk away. Then she called out my name. I glanced back and saw her with her head down. Her hand was in her coat looking for something. She used the other hand to remove her sunglasses and looked at me. Black mascara flowed down her cheeks and she looked very furious. She took her hand out of her pocket and it revealed a huge hunting knife with a five-inch blade. She screamed at the top of her lungs. I will never share you! She lunged at me. I sidestepped just in time. The knife got caught in my jacket. Moments later, Bella and her boyfriend Steve tackled Cindy to the ground. Steve was a football player who was also into wrestling. Bella, it turned out, was a black belt in judo and taekwondo. They pinned Cindy to the ground until the visiting policeman rushed over and took her into custody. Because of her obsession with me, she'd been placed into a mental hospital. I thought all the drama with Cindy was over. Years went by, and I was 20 years old. My parents and I moved to a new town in our state of California. I was a student at the nearby community college. I thought I was safe, but all that changed my parents and brother went out for the day on an errand and i decided to stay home i was in my living room watching tv when our house phone rang i sighed and answered it took me a moment before i recognized the voice of cindy's mother claire jane thank god i remembered your number i just called the police cindy broke into my house two hours ago i hid in a closet until i heard her leave The paper with your address and telephone number is missing, and my 44 Magnum handgun is gone. Stay in your house and don't let her see you. I I wish I was kidding, I- An incoming call beep interrupted her. I told Claire to hold on. I answered the call. Hello? Hi, Jane, it's me. I'm calling from a gas station. I'm on my way, baby. Don't bother with the cops. I'm on my way. See you soon! (laughs) I slammed the phone down with a scream. It was Cindy's voice. At the time, I didn't have a cell phone and I couldn't call my parents. I decided to run to my bedroom and arm myself. I picked up the aluminium bat I kept under my bed. Five minutes went by and suddenly I heard someone screaming my family name. I was ducked to the side of my bed listening. The voice got louder and closer. I peeked out my window blinds and froze. Facing my house was Cindy. She was wearing a dirty hospital gown and flip-flops. Her hair was disheveled and she looked filthy. I didn't know if she was armed. She was close enough for me to see her psycho expression and red eyes. Jane! Come out so we can finish this, you bitch! A feeling of rage rushed through my body. I ran outside, yelling, Bring it, bitch! I'm armed! What do you got? I crossed the street as she began to reach in her pocket. I swung the bat. Hitting her knees, making her drop. She laid motionless on the ground. I then heard sirens. Two police cars pulled up to the scene. They took Cindy into custody. As they lifted her up, a loud metal clunk rang out. On the ground was a .44 Magnum handgun. The cops immediately confiscated it. The last time I ever saw her, she was laughing at me the entire time they detained her. I never told my family what happened. In court, Cindy had confessed she was going to use the remaining bullets to kill me and my family. Recently, I learned Cindy was killed by an inmate after an unwanted advance was made. I honestly wish Cindy had gotten help when she had the chance. Thanks for listening. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcast, please take a second and leave a rating. Also, Don't forget to check out my animated horror stories on YouTube. Just search Dr. No Sleep in the search bar to find my channel.